This is Caitlin Clarkson with Patch Turned Up. My guest today, Sierra Cox. Sierra, please introduce yourself. Hey, Caitlin. Uh, like you said, my name is Sierra Cox. I am with the West Virginia Food and Farm Coalition, and I am the Food Shed Coordinator for Roan, Calhoun, and Ritchie Counties. So what's our topic for today? So today I thought we'd talk a little bit about holistic orchard management. What is holistic orchard management? So it's something that I'm definitely new to. I recently attended the Mid-Ohio Growers Meeting. Uh, it's up in Mount Hope, Ohio. I highly recommend this, uh, this conference if you get a chance to go. I got to hear Michael Phillips speak. Uh, this is the first time I'd, I'd heard of him, and I was just really impressed with what he had to say. And, uh, and he's kind of the one that, that, that was talking a lot about this, this holistic approach to, to orchard, orcharding. Um, and he has these five tenets um, that he you know, kind of promotes, and those are uh, fungal stewardship, so the mycorrhizal symbiosis, um, that's kind of the foundation of his, of his uh, uh, structure, and then the mineralization, so the fertility ratios and enzyme cofactors, the tree immune function, so boosting that phytochemical resistance, um, competitive colonization, so reinforcing arboreal biology, and then just having outrageous diversity, so plant community resilience and beneficial allies. And so kind of, you know, going back to his, you know, his foundation with the mycorrhizal symbiosis, I uh, have a little clip that I see if I can pull that up. And I'm going to have him kind of explain that a little better than, than I can. So if I was a, a fruit tree, and let's say my canopy is this big, that means that my root system probably, unless it's limited by ledge, extends about two and a half times further than my canopy. And that means that I, as a shopper, the tree, have access to phosphorus, potassium, magnesium, what have you, in a limited radius around myself. And that's not easy, that's not too hard to imagine using up, that I don't have access to all that I need. When myco mycorrhizal fungi are on the scene, through their hyphae, they extend the reach of a fruit tree by as much as a hundred times. So that means that suddenly I can get magnesium from down there where those sunflowers are growing. And I can also get moisture if it's a dry year from over there where the ground is a little bit wetter, delivered by the mycorrhizal fungi. So, Caitlin, do you kind of understand what he's talking about there? Um, can you explain a little bit more? So, all right, do you, uh, do you have any trees in your yard? Yeah, black walnut tree. Yeah, black walnut tree? Okay. Um, you ever, uh, ever entered a uh, black walnut in the Black Walnut Festival? No, I haven't. No, maybe you should sometime. I, you know, you might, you never know, you might win. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, all right, so you got your, your black walnut tree, right? So looking at that tree, what we see above ground, you have the trunk and you have his branches up there and all his leaves and his canopy, right? Yes. So what Michael is saying is if you look at that canopy and, and the spread that it has up there, um, down beneath the ground, its roots are extending about two and a half times past that canopy, right? So he's able to pull nutrients from, from that area around it. So getting into the mycorrhizal, you know, relationship with the tree, he's telling us that that can extend its, the tree's reach to find that, those vital nutrients up to a hundred times. So, you know, a tree just can't, you know, get up and walk and, and find whatever nutrients it needs, right? Right. So he, that relationship between the mycorrhizal and the, the tree roots is, is vital for that tree to be able to suck nutrients from further out where, you know, 
in the region that's right directly below it, it might not have those nutrients. So it's it's really, you know, a really cool thing and, and just a really important relationship that is between both the, micro, the mycorrhizal and the, and the tree roots. Let me see if he has anything in else In exchange mm -hmm. for those plant sugars. That's why this connection is so, so important to the health of a fruit tree. This again is something that's really easy to screw up. And some of the things that screw it up are the use of herbicides. When we spray fungicides, be it chemical fungicides or an excess of copper or an excess of sulfur, well, it's a fungicide. These are fungi. So not all fungi are bad. And when you screw it up in a big major way, that's when you get into needing more medicines to make up for the fact that the biology isn't right. So again, it's, it's a big part of what we're trying to emphasize because this is such a vital connection. It's really fascinating. Underneath the ground, yes, we know there's roots. Now we know there's these fungi. The same fungi that attaches to an apple tree root may also be attached to a woodsy herb. It may be attached to an umbelliferous flower. Species share different fungi. They don't all connect with everything. And in the process of being connected, in the process of reaching out, um, the tree is also making decisions. And so the same root system may be colonized by three different species of mycorrhizal fungi. And at one point in the day, one fungus is offering a better deal than another. And the tree actually makes decisions. I'll take that phosphorus. No, I don't need that potassium. Send it over there to the umbelliferous plants. And that underground economy, that's the intelligence of nature at work. You know, we just have an inkling of it. And again, our job is simply not to screw it up. So he said a couple different things in there that I kind of want to touch on. Um, the first one being, you know, spraying those herbicides and those fungicides on, on the tree and, you know, unfortunately they aren't really discriminant. Uh, so fungicides will kill both good and bad fungi, uh, fungi so which uh, I got a corny dad joke you know why did, why do you invite the uh, the mushroom to the party because he's a fun guy man see you already heard that one all right <laughs> um so you know his big stress is not using those herbicides fun and fungicides because you're going to be killing those fun guys and you don't want you don't want to do that you want them to come to the party and then another really interesting thing he kind of talks about here is the um the communication that's happening beneath the soil so the trees are actually making decisions on what nutrients to take and what nutrients to share amongst that and there's some really really cool uh uh literature out there on you know on trees and, and how they communicate and the mother tree sharing nutrients with her offspring and and, and and that communication and that intelligence there and it's just really really fascinating but um a lot of his stuff is just is is really cool about that and i kind of mentioned um earlier when we were off air about the uh the iceberg thing yeah, remember me talking about that so uh if, you, if we listen a little further into this video, he talks about if you f see mushrooms in your orchard, then that's a badge of honor. That's a good thing because, you know, looking at an iceberg, you only might see a little itty bitty bit about above the, the water, right? So that, which is that mushroom, right? Beneath that iceberg, that little bitty iceberg that you see on top of the water, you might have this huge amount of ice underneath. And that's the same thing, you know, if you're thinking about a mushroom, little bitty mushroom on top, huge amount of, of uh, 
mass that's underneath the ground there. So that's that's showing that there's a lot of a lot of connections going on beneath the soil there. This is similar to the no-till philosophy that Robin Wilson works on with our Sunnybank farm. Yes, definitely. Um, I've uh, taken a taken a trip out to his farm. He's uh, got a lot of really great stuff out there. Um, especially big persimmon uh, advocate, which is awesome and and really really awesome uh, on grafting and just you know keeping keeping the soil intact and 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 a good steward of the land. So it's, he's a great local uh, asset if you know, if someone's interested, I'm sure he would be more than willing to share to share his knowledge. What is your favorite part of this that you feel can help folks listening? So one of my favorite parts is the fact that, you know, it's it's caring for the earth. So it's taking taking a an approach that, you know, is not just, you know, I feel like a lot of times we we see a disease, um, or a, or a pest on our on our plants, and we're like, oh my goodness, we gotta we gotta do something about it. And you know, we we throw these pesticides and herbicides at it. And if we kind of take a step back and we and we try to make the entire you know the entire environment around that plant healthy, we can help that plant fight off those types of things without having to use those harmful chemicals on on the, on the plants. So I think that it's it's just really important to to try to be the best stewards that we can. Um, and growing so so uh, we'll talk a little bit about his his holistic spray that he he kind of uses because um, I I use at least one of the ingredients that he uses a lot um, and that is uh, neem oil so that is I know it's kind of weird n-e-e-m O-I-L, neem oil. Have you ever heard of neem oil, Katie? No, I haven't. No? Okay, it's kind of funky. I brought some with me, actually. Um, Dr. Adorables, even. Okay. But anyway, so this is neem oil. What do, what do you think? It's not appetizing. Doesn't look appetizing. Well, wait wait till you get a good good smell of this. Go ahead. Yeah, by now you want to. Don't smell Don't, don't spill that. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of gross. <laughs> gross smell, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I sprayed some on my house plants and made, made the room smell a little, little, little interesting, but it's a great, great, great product. Um, so it kind of smells a little, you know, some people say garlicky or nutty, um, but it, and it doesn't look the best. So what you're looking at, because my where I store this is a little chilly. It's in my <laughs> it's in my laundry room, which which doesn't get much heat. So neem deposits uh, stearin at low temperatures. So kind of looks a little, little foamy. It's kind of waxy even. Uh, a lot of I think I think they actually use it in, in candle making. But if it drops below 60, it'll start kind of getting this weird cloudy stuff. And then at 53, it can even solidify. But that's not really an issue. You can, you know, heat it back up, melt it down, use it, not a problem. You can even filter out the steering if you need to. If, um, it might, you know, might clog your sprayer, I guess. But I've never had an issue with it. Um, and I know a lot of people that will use it, at, you know, they'll put neem oil, like a dollop of uh, Dawn dish soap and some water and use it that way. He uses, a, his is a little bit more intense. Um, he's got... Uh, neem oil. He uses liquid fish, some mother culture, molasses. He's got kelp even. So he's got a bunch of different things that he's kind of putting in his spray. And if you go to his website, which is groworganicapples.com, it's got all this stuff that we've been talking about on there. 
um, he that's kind of his golden uh, recipe for um, for his holistic spray ingredients and I think it's you know at least for me in my experience using neem oil it's really important to get it on early um, I did not get it on early last year <laughs> um, so I had and it's and it's not a it's not necessarily a, a you know end all be all but if you get your plants sprayed with it it makes them less appetizing to bugs so they'll go to another plant vice one that's covered in neem oil because as you smelled it's not necessarily pleasant <laughs> yeah, not the best <laughs> right so um but you know last year i had a wonderful time with japanese beetles i don't know if anybody else did but uh if i had probably got this on my plants a little earlier it might have been a little less less intense so um I think that's kind of a big, big key point is early use. <laughs> and he and he stresses that too, I think, on his website. So the holistic approach isn't new, but maybe overlooked in nowadays farming. How is it important to get this information out to today's farmers? So I think taking a holistic approach is really important because if we, you know, if we zero in on using one specific thing, especially, you know, in the chemical world, then I think we're, we're losing the, the big picture of, of making a sustainable and a, you know, a healthy world around us and with West Virginia kind of being secluded from big ag you know we go out west of California and other other large agricultural producers we got you know Monsanto spraying and, and a bunch of different things out there with the with the chemicals and you know I, I think that we have a chance here in West Virginia to kind of keep keep it within you know keep it within family farms, keep it small, keep it holistic, um, be good stewards of this planet and good stewards of, um, you know, of, of our farms and, and just kind of, kind of go with, you know, with, with treating the earth as, as well as we can and leave it in a better place. Have you found any success with using these techniques personally with your garden? Um, like I said, I I really like neem oil. I don't. I've uh, learned not to use it on my house plants quite as much, um, <laughs> but unless I burn a you know burn a nice little candle or something. But um, I like using neem oil a lot. Um, both and he uses it both on the plant and on the ground. Um, I have not used it really on the ground yet. If anybody out there has, has done that and had really good success, let me know. But um, I really like using it. Um, I think it's a it's a good product for sure. And oh, one thing he does stress that I kind of want to touch base on, there are a lot of um, a lot of different products out there. So you'll see a lot of things labeled neem oil. Um, make sure you uh, source your product good because there's a lot of adulterated products out there that, you know, say that they're one thing and they're then they're not. And uh, we want to make sure that we're getting it from a good sustainable source that, you know, it's a good quality product that you're using and you're not, you know, just spraying something that's pretty much snake oil. <laughs> right. So how can somebody contact you? So um, you can go to the West Virginia Food and Farm Coalition. We have a website. Um, if you Google it, it, we should be the first ones to pop up. We're kind of renovating the website right now, so it might be – I know my, my contact's on there right now, but we're still kind of renovating, getting more information put on there. You can find my email there. Um, also on Facebook, uh, look me up. I would be happy to, to, to chat with you there. Um, and I'm sure if you get a hold of Patch Guys, they'll, they'll point you in my direction as well. <laughs> As we close, any final thoughts? Um, I just, like I said, uh, I think that this 
I think Michael Phillips is a really, really interesting guy. He's very, very, very knowledgeable. Um, we only really skimmed uh, the top of, of the information that's out there. Uh, go to his website, uh, which is groworganicapples.com again. Um, I've just recently purchased a couple of his books. I'm really excited to kind of dig into those. And uh, in that clip that we, we listened to earlier, you can find, I think he has a whole bunch, a whole series on YouTube that you can go and, and listen to different different aspects of, and it has slides and things like that that go along with it that are really informational. But, um, you know, my husband and I were talking about putting in our own kind of little home orchard. And uh, now that I've found, you know, I'm, I'm doing all my research ahead of time and I'm, <laughs> and I'm hopefully gonna, you know, plan it around the way that the way that he does it, the whole holistic approach. So I'm really excited. This is Caitlin Clarkson with Sierra Cox from the Food and Farm Coalition. You're listening to Patch Turned Up. Tune in for more podcasts and we will see you next time.